At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. For many years, many have asked the question, what if God was one of us? Through the incarnation of Jesus, God answered that question, and Jesus became one of us. Every year for centuries, Christians have celebrated the miracle of Jesus' birth. This Christmas season, we're diving into a new series, Emmanuel, God with us. Learning how the arrival of Jesus Christ changes everything. He came to save us, a broken and crooked world of fallen people. Join us this Christmas as we explore the miracle of Jesus' incarnation and the impact it still has on us. That was a great song, huh? <laughs> Praise God for what he's done. Well, we serve a God who says he is with us. Is that good news? Amen. God with us. I love that. I also love his word. And Jesus is that word. You know, words can be a lot of fun to play with, right? Um, they're so impactful. The problem is you have to know what they mean, right? So I asked um, Bob Hadley, I said, give me a crazy word. And he said, uh, glockenspiel. <laughs> Does anybody know what a glockenspiel is? It's a, it's a clock? No. No, I, I thought it was. It, there we go, the music major. She's got a master's degree in music. It is like an, uh, how do you say it, a xylophone? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we looked it up, and he showed me, right? So I asked, um, I asked Joe Gunnels, give me, a, give me a crazy word. And he said, shenanigans. Isn't that a fun word? Shenanigans. And doing shenanigans is even more fun than the word. <laughs> yeah, I asked Gabe, and he said, hooligan, hooligan. Fun words. I love these words. Bumfuzzle. It's a real word. It is a real word. It means to be confused. How about this? Flibber to give it. Flidger to give it. It is somebody who's just thinking silly. How about this? I think there might be somebody that has this. Uh, a bibliophobia. It is a, a fear of running out of books to read. Snollygoster. A snollygoster. These are crazy words, okay? It has a real meaning. One of my favorite words is spizzerinktum. It is a real word. It means to have zeal and power that overflows. To me, it speaks of the Holy Spirit. And speaking of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Son of God, this is just mind-boggling. If you're God, you can be anything. You can transform anything. Transforms broken lives. But what he did was he chose to transform himself from being God, whatever that might look like, into becoming a human being so that he could be God with us. Everybody say, God with me. God. Amen. He is in you. He flows in you and through you, and he speaks. God actually talks to us. And that is one of the major tensions that I find in the Christian world is people say over and over, I don't feel God speaking to me. I just want to tell you this morning that you are wrong. <laughs> is it? That's good news. Because God speaks to you. It is absolutely amazing. In the first uh, chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, there are 31 times 
in just that chapter where God is speaking. That's amazing. And so we all agree that we have five senses. But science is telling us that we have way more than just five senses. And when you study neurology and you study the brain, you, you discover that they're discovering how certain parts of the brains connect with other parts of the brains with these tiny little neurological pathways, and poof, you have another sense. Scientists are looking at up to 33 different senses that we have. And uh, just to have more fun with words, some of those senses, where are they here? Oh, there you go. Vestibular sense proprioceptive sense and interoceptive sense, blah, 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 all this stuff. The bottom line is this. God has wired our brains to hear from him. He has made us to hear his voice. It is the word of God with us. And we are always trying to make sense of what we're hearing, right? And I gave you some crazy words. You didn't know what they meant. It was like, what, what, what? Like glockenspiel, to me it sounds like a clock that should spit out knockwurst. <laughs> it just, you know, I mean, if it's, yes, to me that's what it sounds like, okay. But the fact is that God has put within us a God spot in our brain, in our heart, somewhere in this mechanism that can feel and that can articulate, can understand, comprehend what he is saying to us. You think of a baby in a womb. The baby already in the womb knows his mother's voice. And haven't we come from the womb of God himself? So we should, and isn't this entire life kind of like being in a womb of what we will be born into for all of eternity? It is time for us, like a baby in the womb, to begin to understand the voice of God. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. He speaks to us through creation. This is the eloquence, and the word eloquence means his speech or written words that come with a powerful influence on our life. His eloquence comes from nature. Let's look at Psalm 19 and verse 1. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. In other words, look to the sky and get the sense of God. I was talking to some hunters the other day. Who was it? Uh, Mark, Mark Ringler. And he was saying, I go out in the woods, and I've heard this also from, from John uh, Pollan. And, and guys who hunt, Christian guys, who go out in the woods, yeah, if you bag a deer, wonderful. But even if you don't, they're just out there, and the heavens declare the glory of God. There's a speech in nature. He goes on to say, day to day pours out. It's not a trickle. It's not a little rainfall. It's not like, okay, where is it? No, he pours out his speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. God speaks to us through the things that he has made. A man named uh, Johannes Kepler, the father of modern astrology, said this, the undevout or the unsaved astronaut is mad. In other words, to study the vast expanse beyond Earth's atmosphere and to not be in awe of the creator, designer, would be crazy. So God speaks. He speaks through creation. He also speaks through people. In the scripture, we have the audible voice of God coming. 
the visions of God and dreams of God, angelic messengers appear throughout Scripture. Noah heard from God, Abraham, Jacob, Moses, all these mighty men, 90 prophets in all in the Old Testament, like Ezekiel and Daniel, Habakkuk and Malachi. Some of these guys were scholars. Some of them were farmers. Some of them were just ordinary people. But they, God used these men and many women throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. God anointed them so that they could speak the word of God so that others could hear what God was saying. Amen. God gives authority through his word. So he uses prophets like Samuel who spoke to uh, King David and Nathan who also spoke uh, rebuke and a corrective path into David's life. In Isaiah, speaking for God uh, when his people were being prepared to go into captivity. Let's take a look at Hebrews 1, verse 1. It says, long ago, many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. So God spoke with a prophetic eloquence as well through the prophets in those days. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 21, it says, No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It's very beautiful that God would speak to us in this way. How kind and generous is it of God to speak with us, and this is available to every single one of us. Uh, there's a tension. Do we hear him all the time? Do we have to go into a mountain place like Moses or, you know, the prophet Elijah or Elisha? Do we have to literally climb Mount Clemens in order to find a place to hear God? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do we have to go in the woods, Right. Do we have to, like, simply focus on this cosmic eloquence of God and stare at the sky until we get a word or get in nature, hug a tree, sniff a flower in order to hear his voice? There seems to be, or search the Internet for some prophetic voice. God communicates, but there seems to be in all of our lives this notion that there is a communication gap between hearing God's voice and, you know, uh, hearing so many other voices in this world. So God solved it. He made it very clear to us. Cosmic eloquence, prophetic eloquence, but then the incarnate el eloquence of Jesus Christ who came and lived exactly like us in this world, transformed himself into a human. We hear God's ultimate, his final, his perfect word, through Jesus Christ. God hears and God listens and God speaks to us his ultimate word. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 1 and look at verse 2. In these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Colossians brings that out as well. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. God has spoken through poets like Psalms, through David, through prophets, and through Jesus. 
the living word. When Jesus walked on the earth, he spoke to crowds of 5,000 people. And we read in the book of Acts, I think chapter 2 around verse 4, that 3,000 people heard God in one moment and committed their lives to God. And this morning, our expectation is that we can hear God. And you know, when he speaks something, it is miraculous. How many of you remember the first time you were maybe on a date and the person you were dating said, I like you. And you were like, well, that's cool. But like didn't have the same power of influence as the word, what word? Love. When somebody says, I love you, it is like, what? <laughs> this is good. <laughs> right? And yet that same word, you know, L-O-V-E, I love hot dogs, <laughs> I love my glockenspiel, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, I love, I love, right? And we have some family members, every time they hang up, they go, love you, and go, yeah, love you too. <laughs> Do you really mean it? We say it all the time, <laughs> right? And you've heard God loves you. Teaching high school, kids have heard it. But there's a difference when you experience it. And God wants us to experience his words to us in an amazing, beautiful way. Well, let's consider three ways that God, that Jesus, God's son, is the ultimate, final, best ever, supreme word of God. First of all, Jesus is God's creating word. What is the first verb of the Bible? Yes, created. He has never changed his M.O. And we wonder, well, am I already created? Yeah. But if you look at Psalm 102, verse 18, it says, let this be recorded for a generation to come. This is for people that are going to be born so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. He's speaking in the future. God is creating in us more and more of his own nature every single day. We're born with certain givens, and we'll look at that in a minute, but he moves us forward. Hebrews 12 and verse 1 says, Jesus is the founder and perfecter. So we can't stay the same. We can't think we have it all figured out. We may have a problem, and God shows us, and we get that figured out, but as we walk on, we're like, you know, I think I have another problem. Can anybody identify with that? Jesus is called the Son of God in Luke 1. 35. He's called, uh, you are, God spoke from heaven. You are my beloved son, and his son speaks to us. Many times, Jesus referred to himself as the son of God. And he's God's son based on the fact, and I absolutely love this, that he died and he rose from the dead to, uh, as proof of his sonship in every single one of our lives. John 1, 2 declares that all things were made through him and without him nothing was made. Colossians 1, 16, all things were created by him and for him. And that is what he's in the process of doing. He is still in the process of creating a church that is without spot and without wrinkle. So why do we need God's continued creative voice in our lives? I mean, if I asked you to raise your hand, if you know Jesus is your personal Savior and you know you're going to heaven, almost everybody would raise their hand. So what's the big deal? 
It's this relationship that he's building because every one of us were born broken, right? Now, you grow up, you become, you know, more powerful in your teen years and more autonomous, and we're still broken. And because right out from the manufacturer itself, mom's womb, we were broken. Now I have a 2021 Ford Edge, right? It was broken right from the factory. <laughs> the transmission, I brought it in to the dealer. I said, yeah, I, I, I've been driving this now for like three weeks, and I was waiting till it got worse because sometimes it doesn't act up. I took it to the dealer. The guy, super guy, drove it. He got out of the car, he, out of the edge. He closed the door, and he said, your edge is demonic. It has demonic oppression because <laughs> it would shift like whenever it wanted to shift into whatever gear. You know, the shifter would like move by itself. Ooh, you know, pretty scary stuff, right? So there was a recall, and there's a recall on you <laughs> and a recall on me. We are messed up. We need help. Yeah, we're saved, and now we have this power of the true and living God within every one of our lives. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. And you know, I what if now? So so I took it back to the dealer, the manufacturer. We can bring ourselves back to the designer. Like, what if my dad was a designer of Ford? And I say, Dad, can you fix this? <laughs> yeah. Well, your designer is God, and he can, you can come to him with every single area, and he knows exactly how to put us back together. Amen. So God is that, that wonderful, that wonderful uh, source of life within us. We bring to him our relationships, whether we're in school or we bring to him our marriage. God, how do you fix this? You know, uh, what is wrong with her? And he'll start speaking what's wrong with you. <laughs> Just this week, how wonderful. It's something I've said to you before. We are called to love as God loves. Everybody could say that. Everybody could say, I love you. Everybody can repeat that. But there's a moment when the true incarnate Jesus Christ and God, the Father, the Son, and through the Holy Spirit, he says, love as I have loved it becomes crazy love. Actually, a book written about that. <laughs> Flowing through you so that you can see life through somebody else's perspective. And isn't that what Jesus did? He came and he sees your life, right? Exactly through your eyes. He gets it. He gets it. So there's this God spot within us that he can activate. And when God speaks to us or breathes on something that he's already said, it becomes this day unto day utter speech and night unto night pours out like a living river of water, the thing that God is wanting to speak. How do we raise our kids? How do we invest? It's all about this eloquence of the incarnate God in the form of Jesus. Secondly, Jesus is God's revealing word. It's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. In Hebrews 1, verse 3, he says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe with the word of his power. There's no clearer description of who God is than who Jesus is. And when you sit with this living word of God and you read it, 
with an intense hunger to discover who he is, the word of God comes alive. There was an executive. I just heard about him uh, yesterday from a, uh, a physician from China. We, we got engaged in a conversation and went on for about an hour and a half. This top executive, and he was just, I mean, he was making tons of money, and he was so disillusioned with his, with his life. He said, what, what am I doing? He didn't have the motivation, the spizzerinkdom, the zeal to move forward. And his boss said, man, you are so valuable. I, I want you to take six months off and just go away and read books. So he bought all these wonderful books, you know, that executives read. And he opened the book, and it was like, ah, nothing. Get another book, another book. He was in a hotel, so he opened the drawer of the nightstand. There was a Gideon Bible. He started reading the Word, <laughs> the Word that was made flesh, whose words were actually recorded. And there's a verse in the Bible that says, the Word of God which lives, it becomes a rhema, a living Word. He began reading that and reading it and reading it for six months. When he went back to work, nobody recognized him. He was a brand new creature. The refining or the revealing Word of God was alive in him. I challenge you this morning. Get alone with the Word of God and read it as though He's talking to you. There are times when I'll get the Word of God and it's like, I'm not moving from this spot until I hear from you. And God loves that. There's a passion. There's a passion. How many of you have your Christmas shopping done? Anybody? <laughs> okay, good. Wow, that was cool. Somebody went like this. <laughs> you know, like, you got it, okay? Every year I ask my wife, what would you like for Christmas? <laughs> what do you say? She wants time with me. I'm so cool. She wants to spend time with me. What? I, I, I am, okay. <laughs> she wants time with me. You know what I'm going to suggest? This is so cool. I love this. Why don't you gift wrap yourself? <laughs> yeah, right? Those Christmas pajamas. Gift you wrap yourself and give yourself to Jesus. Huh? What? That's cool, man. You could be the gift. In this season, we're, we're so worried about Christmas shopping, and there's like three people here who are done, right? We forget to give him a gift. You know, I hope he's revealing, he's a God who reveals, revealing to us this morning that we can draw nigh to God and he promises to draw nigh to us. He doesn't always say, I stand at the door and knock. Sometimes he stays at a safe, at, not a safe, but at a distance to see if we're going to run after him. Draw close to God. He will draw nigh to you. That is so cool. Don't you love that promise? That is, that's good. That's just really, really good. Jesus is an exact, exact representation of the nature of God. You know, I, uh, I was at an art show yesterday, and these, this, mom, this mom and daughter walked by. How did I know? Oh, my gosh. She looked just like her mom. She was just an updated version, right? She had purple hair, right? Same nose, same height, slightly different clothes, but she was contemporary. She was current. God the Father in the Old Testament, 
God the creator in the Old Testament. We flip to the New Testament, we have Jesus, and he's relevant. He dressed, as a matter of fact, there's some research that shows that the robe that he wore was actually the latest fashion. It had just come out on a, womb that could weave, on a loom that could weave the sleeves and the whole garment all in one piece so there were no seams. Isn't that cool? Jesus had swag. <laughs> I'm just saying. Not that it was a fashion statement. Somebody probably gave it to him, right? But the thing is, he's got swag, and it's always contemporary, and it is eternal swag. It is Jesus cool that you and I long for to get rid of this communication gap. But we've got to hang out with him in order to become like him. I love the fact that the disciples, many of them, were unlearned men. They had no degrees, but everybody said, you have been with Jesus. The word has touched you. The word, I love you. The word, I died for you. The word, I will make my home inside of you, touched people very, very deeply, and they became new creatures in Christ. That is the glory of God. His presence lived among us. It's a wonderful, it's a very beautiful thing. And if you think about it, this whole idea of words, your whole self-image is so based on the words that people have said to you, aren't they? You think you are because of what somebody has said about you. He wants to be the word who sets you free to be everything he's made you to be. Now, there's a recall. You got a recall. You got some issues. <laughs> But you go right back to the manufacturer and he rebuilds and he builds you new and wonderful. I got to tell you, his word always speaks life. Check out this text. This is this week. This is a Woodside Algonac deal. Words go up to God and he hears you and he, and he answers. Prayer works miracles. This is from Steve Domke. Prayer works miracles, 9 a.m., problem, stenosis. 10 a.m., prayer started, getting around 1 o'clock, stenosis diminished. Out of ICU at 2.30, problem solved. Share this to all as a true testimony of miracles continuing. Does God speak? Amen. Amen. We got to position ourselves, yes, to hear him. Because he's in charge. He wants that in our lives every day. And not just like in the morning when you have your sanctimonious time, but throughout the day. You know, how many of you go anywhere without your phone? You even take it in the bathroom, don't you? Yeah. You don't go anywhere without this because you're connected. Don't go anywhere without Jesus. Stay connected. It's so good. I love that. I love that. He wants to be known personally and experientially. So we read the word, we believe the word, and we walk it out. We walk it out. Psalm uh, 19, verses 4 through 6, I love this. He's talking about his word, and he speaks of it as a line or a voice that goes out to the ends of the world. In other words, his testimony, his truth goes out everywhere. And I'll tell you, when you hear from God, you will be able to walk not only with him, but walk like him. And you will be that radiant expression of who Jesus is. You know, my passion is to see people come to Christ. 
And uh, this morning, I'll be honest with you, it's really a little disappointing um, because there are some people who said they were going to be here this morning, right? And they're not here. We are called to be a light to Jesus. And I, I was in a bummed out state of mind. It was like, what? Why aren't they here? This is a lifeline, right? But the present word of God was like, I've called you to do what I've called you to do. You can do this this morning whether you see fruit or not. But I think, God, I think you're going to show God fruit because you're listening so beautifully this morning. Jesus is God's, third point, Jesus is God's saving word. Not saved, past tense, never happening again, but saving the process of being more and more and more sanctified and wholly committed to who God is and who he is in us. You can be saved from hell because you hear God and you respond. But that's great. We can also be saved today, right, from the potholes in the road of life. So bear with me, I think in cartoon, okay? <laughs> so I was, going, I was driving down a road, it was a hall road when it was just a terrible mess before they did all those uh, renovations on it. And I was driving my sweet little car with low profile tires and I hit a pothole. It dented the rim. I made it to work, I made it home and the tire went flat, right? But what if, what if we're the car? What if we're on a road, and what if there's a pothole? And what if the God who could transform himself into a human being also transforms people into the next best version of who they're to be in him, transforms sinners into saints, takes your dirt and makes you divine? What if on the, on the road of life, you're heading for a pothole, and you don't even see it coming, as a vehicle, and he puffs up your tires. You know, I used to drive big um, uh, construction vehicles, and those earth movers, they had tires that were taller than me, right? And all of a sudden, your little car, it's got these huge tires, and that pothole is like running over a pea pebble. What if you're in Germany, and you're a vehicle, and you're on the Autobahn? Huh? Huh? You like this? You like where we're going? And all of a sudden, those, low, those giant balloon tires, really neat little low profile, and you're just like, yeah. God can transform us into whatever we need to be at any moment for whatever the cause is. I hear people say sometimes, well, I'm a little fearful. You know, perfect love between you and him and that relationship casts out all fear. We become amazing in Christ in that kind of a way. That is a transformational power that God has for every single one of us. This hearing issue, I want you to understand from God's point of view, what does it look like, this, this uh, what is it, impairment that we have, okay? In Romans, he's, he's quoting the Old Testament. Uh, Paul is in Romans 10 and around 17 and 18. He says, but I ask you, have they not heard? Indeed they have. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, the voice of the prophets, the voice of God, and the words to the ends of the world, but of Israel, God says, but my people, all day long, I've held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary 
people. So they don't hear. They don't hear. We know we're saved by grace. His influence comes upon us, and then we respond. We respond with faith, with believing. Hebrews 4, 2 says, For the good news uh, came to us just as to them, speaking of Israel versus Gentiles. But the message they heard did not benefit them, the Jews, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. And that is because in every single one of our lives, there's a deceitfulness. It's a deceitfulness of sin that separates us from God. It's almost like these layers come over our ears. A little lie, a little sneaking, a little indulgence, a little justification. We are amazing lawyers to defend ourselves. Well, <laughs> I don't do it as often as I used to, right? I'll just have a little bit instead of a lot. <laughs> We're so good. The little lawyer. But when God speaks, you can't stand in his presence with those excuses, can you? <laughs> Pretty scary. So we want to separate that. We want to hear his voice. We want to hear his voice. He, he produced all these. He gave us sacrificial animals in the Old Testament and so on. But, you know, the sacrifice of Jesus cleanses our conscience, and that's the most beautiful thing. That's the most beautiful thing. And Jesus rose from the dead with the power to save every one of us. Our sin, our sin that came on him could not hold him back. From, it could not keep him in a grave. And that same resurrection power is alive today for every single one of us. He is our pattern, and we can walk in that kind of victory. We can walk in that victory in everyday life. God is speaking every day to not only lovingly forgive us, but to purify our very DNA. This is the power of the true and risen God every day. It took his death and his resurrection. And as we identify with that, we walk in the newness of life. We can give God, you know, when you gift wrap yourself for God, you're gift wrapping everything, even your garbage. That's within our lives. Our deadly spot of sin. And I keep, I keep going over this in my mind. What if you went to the doctor and he said, you've got a spot. It's on your lung. And it's really hard to detect, but you've had it for a while. You would want to deal with that spot. And so when we give ourselves a God, we give him those spots. Now, I told you earlier, you have a God spot. You have a God spot. You want to deal with this spot because it's a matter of you're going to live or you're going to die. But this spot, the God spot, is also a matter of life and death. If you ignore that... Oh my gosh, is God going to have the opinion of you, the contemporary Israel that he had of the Old Testament Israel? They heard, but they didn't listen. It's, a, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. But now we look at this God spot and we say he rose from the dead and he gave us the power to walk in newness of life. He gave us his indwelling Holy Spirit so that nothing could keep us back from being everything he's called us to be. He's saying that this spot will overcome every other spot in our entire being. That's an amazing truth. To really believe that positions us 
in a very, very, very beautiful way to live by this incarnate word of God, which continues to live every day. Responding is the key to either thriving in life or just merely surviving. We have this ubiquitous tension. We have plans, and we want to carry out our plans in life. But so many times there can be this... this um, indigenous lack of peace. This, this doctor I talked to from China yesterday, she knows God as Shangdi. I didn't say it right, but she corrected me. As the all-powerful one who communicates to everybody that we want peace. We just want everything solved. And everything can be solved in Jesus Christ as we surrender to him. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, verse 22, let us draw near with a, a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean. This is what God has for every single one of our lives so that we can be reunited with him, reunited. You know, we have this communication, but at time, it's kind of broken up. And I remember as a kid, uh, you know, we had family in Italy. And so my father would place a person-to-person -person call. That's a call you don't have to pay for unless you get the person. So he knew the person was going to be there because they sent letters that took two weeks to get from Sicily to East Detroit. And they say, on a certain day at a certain time, I'm going to call. Pick up the phone. You know, and they say, uh, Buongiorno, Giuseppe. <laughs> you know, are you there? And uh, Giuseppe pick up the phone and go, No, no sono ca. He's not here. <laughs> But they would hear each other for free, right? It was great. And so they're talking back and forth. And then uh, Giuseppe and Sheldonia and, and Nina and uh, Naomi, they all decided to come to America one day. And oh my gosh, the excitement. We're going to see them in person. We're not going to have to communicate with this sketchy stuff. And today we have the internet, right? So we're always connecting. But then they didn't. We went to the airport. We picked them up. Oh my gosh, the scene was unreal. Italians are loud. They, they see each other from a distance. Everybody get out of the way. They're running toward each other. They throw their arms around each other. They hug. They kiss on che both cheeks. They get in the car. They're so happy to be united that all the way home, we sang Italian folk songs in the car. I remember I was like 12 years old, and I'm like, this is crazy. There's such unity. There's such a longing to be together with interrupted communication. And now it's like face to face. We're here. We're together. This was great. I thought, this is heaven on earth. I, I love being surrounded by all this love. It was like the whole world could be horrible, but we got it. We're in the car. It's like, and the, the tires could transform to whatever kind of road we were going. It's going to be a great ride because the love was there. That's a picture of what God wants for us. We're finally connected because Jesus, the Word of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. Isaiah 40, it's so cool, around verse 19, he says, He will surely be gracious to you. And at the sound of your cry, as soon as he hears it, he answers you. 
And then he goes on in verse 21 and says, your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And you'll turn, you, uh, when you turn to the right or to the left, and it, get this, and then you will defile the carved idols, those terrible spots, right? That are overlaid with silver and your gold-plated images. He says, when you hear my voice and when you obey my voice, you will bring down your own issues in your life. Whatever it is, by simply hearing that creative, the revealing word of God in our lives. It's so exciting. We can hear through prophets. We can hear through Jesus. We can hear through the Holy Spirit. He said he's going to build his house in every single one of our hearts. The Father longs to share his glory. He did so through Jesus. And he gives us a glimpse of who he is through creation, prophets, dreams, visions. He speaks in our lives today and every day. God talks to us. Let today be the day that our hearing impairedness is healed because we get close to God. We let his incarnate son be the creative one who works in our lives with a saving word. It's a perfect time of year to give ourselves wholly to him. Isn't it? With all the giving that's going on, it's a perfect time of year to wrap ourselves up. Today, there's two ways that we can respond. If you've not yet responded to the Word of God, and you're living with those spots, you've been under the, you know, PET scan, CT, MRI, echogram of the Holy Spirit, and there's something that's blocking your hearing, today can be the day that that gets taken care of. You know, you've got a God spot. It's a whole mechanism. It's like a program, like a computer program. We're awfully, we're like computers, especially our brains and our hearts. We're computing, we're taking in. But your God spot may need to be activated this morning. And there's something that you can do if you've never accepted Christ. And if you have accepted Christ, there's still something you can do because there's a recall on your life. And you want to be whole, right? You want to be powerful, you know. I could say who wants to do miracles, who wants to walk on water, you know, who wants to raise the dead, you know, and all that. But, you know, those are just, those are simply little, what, little outcomes of the real deal. The real deal is being connected. Get in the car with Jesus and sing all the way. Get in, get that. And if you're in a place where you want that, you want that recall fixed this morning, there's a code there's a code to unlock this God Spot program. And it's in all caps this time. And it's this, I will. I will submit my life to God. Don't, didn't we say that at the altar? Some of you said, I do. Say, I will to God. And then say, I will do what I'm called to do. Let's stand this morning as our musicians come, and I'd love to just pray with you, you know, in a very real way. And I would love for you this morning, oh my gosh, it's one thing that excites me more than seeing people come to Christ and come into a church, and that other thing 
is to see people who are already saved become fully activated and powerful in our community. Because the world is looking for answers and they look to the church. They look to Christian people for answers and if they don't find it, then we are a terrible testimony of Jesus Christ and the power that he said we should have. So this morning I want to pray. If you haven't accepted Christ, you can. And if you have, you can have more of him. How does that sound? Is that good? Amen. Amen. And that little amen was a little response. But as we sing, I'd love for us to respond with our whole heart. I don't know what they're going to play, but, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> we can connect with God this morning in an amazing way. So, Father God, I cry out to you today. Your word is real. He became flesh. He walked on this earth. History proves it. And you said that you would send your Holy Spirit Not leave us comfortless, but you would send that spirit to speak to us, to guide us, to instruct us. You even declared it in the Old Testament. You made it spoken clearly in the New Testament with words that are not hard to understand. And we embrace that today to deal with our hearing impairedness. So I pray today for those who would love to accept you, find that union And I pray for all of us who want a closer walk with you. We just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' precious name. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org slash connect to introduce yourself today.